0: Buddy, and welcome back into the Media Tavern. My name is Eric. With me, as always, is my good friend Todd Stanton. Todd, how you doing?
1: Good. How are you today?
0: I'm all right, man. Uh, I'm ready to talk about uh, cool media stuff. I'm ready. I got some hot takes on this movie we're talking about. I got some music to talk about. What else is going on with you? Anything exciting we should know about? I like your T-shirt, there, bud.
1: Oh yeah, it's kind of a callback to uh, the '80s. Um, nice. I Used to have a shirt like this when I was younger. It's a red MTV shirt.
0: So those of you listening and not watching, it's a he's got a really bright red, cool MTV T-shirt on.
1: And what do you got there, Dolly? Uh, I got
0: Dolly. Pardon. Oh. All right, Dolly. Where'd,
1: where'd you get that?
0: Um. Well, it, it. I love this shirt very much. I got it at Walmart.
1: I thought maybe you went to Dollywood or something.
0: I know it look. It, it's such a cool shirt because if you look it's got that great picture dolly on it and it's, it's a great shirt. I love it. But uh, yeah, it's pretty, I'm pretty basic. I just got it at Walmart, nothing fancy, but I do love it. I think
1: I got mine at Kohl's. So,
0: so uh, yeah. Can you believe that back when we were kids, we would sit in front of the TV and watch the music videos for, (laughs) for days
1: on end. I did, man. I remember staying home from school once and I don't know what, for what reason but i watched for like eight hours just oh yeah video after video after video i mean i loved it i mean i it really introduced me to a lot of new music not just me obviously everybody you know you, you dealt with uh, your local radio station that you know that played a smattering of music but then when mtv came on board it just completely opened up the the floodgates of music from that you would have never heard of
0: uh do you do you have a favorite music video uh,
1: you know one me and my brother always talk about is uh that one song by Eldo Nova um fantasy yeah, and he's got the guitar and he's Hell shooting. yeah, let's
0: go. <laughs> what i I don't know the fantasy man. Yeah, I'm down. What a great
1: song, great video. It's just so stupid and its concept, but it's awesome. Like you can't forget that image. Yeah, I loved I loved a lot of MTV stuff. Like I still I don't wanna say I miss it in the sense of i wish that there was music videos still being made now because i don't really care for a lot of the popular music that happens today but but do you would you would you watch today's music videos yeah
0: man i'm down i got a 12 year old that that's all i do I got a 12 year old too
1: he doesn't care about a lot of the popular stuff i don't know what he listens to eric what was your favorite music video
0: Ah, uh, my favorite music. Uh, my favorite music video is um, "I Left My Wallet in El Segundo by um, Tribe Called Quest. It is the my by far my favorite music video.
1: That's far. That's later though, right?
0: That's like eighty seven, probably eighty eight, maybe okay. ninety. Okay. But I just, I, I mean, I'm not going with. It's the first video. I'm saying it's my favorite video.
1: Yeah. No, I get it. Um,
0: I love it. It's, it's got the, it's, it's still in, uh, like square standard def format when you watch it. And, uh, it's got the animation and the band running around New York. It's so good. And running around the desert. It's great.
1: doesn't ring a bell, but last one of our last podcasts, you talked about,
0: um, Oh, the specials.
1: Yeah. And, uh, I used to love that video.
0: Yes. Uh, Hey, so, uh, today's, uh, kind of main thrust of our show we're going to talk about a movie called white noise yeah. um uh it's a movie directed by Noah Baumbach it's uh based on the um the Don DeLillo like 1985 novel um stars Adam Driver and Greta Gerwig um what did you you watch this movie correct i hope or else we're we're gonna have a pretty dead-end conversation here
1: yeah well of course um i it was uh i think it was the day after new year's that it debuted turned on netflix and i saw the trailer right away and i said let's watch it so i watched it uh with my wife and uh i think uh no, maybe it was just us two. No, there was uh, no, I had a friend in town and so the three of us watched uh this movie. It looked very interesting from the trailer. What about so, you? uh yes,
0: yeah, same thing. And I watched it of course on Netflix as it's a Netflix movie, which kind of circles back to our conversation we had with the um we talked about the Fablemans, yeah. which is uh before we get into dive in too deep here, uh the idea of netflix making movies putting them out and movies kind of like basically skipping past the movie theater experience and going right to the home theater experience yeah. in a lot of cases um what's your thoughts on that
1: well like i said last time I, lo- I love that especially if it's a movie that you know i've heard about now this i didn't hear about so but if it's a movie that i know is kind of forth and coming, when it's like all of a sudden just going to be on Netflix or HBO or whatever, that's even more exciting to me because talk about old man. Um, I don't want to go sit in the theater with rude people. And, you know, I, I, I like my home theater. So it's kind of
0: weird. Cause it's but. like, I, I think we talked about this before. I won't beat it to death, but I feel like movie theaters are becoming the place where you go see like Marvel movies and kids movies. And that seems to be like any adult fair, just no one wants to go, go find it. They just want to watch it on their own things at home, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, the last one I saw in the theater was Nope, uh, which we still have to talk about, but um, I enjoyed watching that in the theater uh, just because of the big screen, but we, usually my family will go, you know, in an afternoon, and when there's hardly anybody there, we sit in the back row, kind of have the theater to ourself experience. Um, yeah, and I, it's
0: kind of it's kind of weird because it's like I go to I I choose a uh, a Cinemark theater here that no one ever goes to because so it's kind of weird. It's like I I go to the theater where there's no one at. I know I know no one will be there because I just want to be my yeah. Grumpy.
1: So, see, see i mean it's the same idea right like you yeah, just I mean, don't want to be bothered i just i mean at the cost of what movies are now like you know you're almost buying half the dvd you know uh the half the blu-ray but by purchasing a ticket so it's like i can wait four months and um you know it'll be in my house and
0: uh so, so we're getting we're we're we're, we're advocating for physical media and going to the movies and we don't like today's music. So, so far we've <laughs> well, lost well, everyone 30 and we're, under.
1: We're split on today's music. So, yeah. But uh, um, yeah. So,
0: all right. So let's, let's jump into white noise for anyone listening. um, This will be, there will be spoilers, but it's kind of a hard movie to spoil really. Cause there's not like a twist or whatever, but um yeah. just so you know, Well, moving forward here, we'll be talking in depth about the greater white noise universe, I guess. Um, So uh, directed by Noah Baumbach, uh, Netflix movie, um, kind of broken into three parts. We've got uh, the first section is called Waves and Radiation. Uh, The second section is called um, The Airborne Toxic Event. And the final section is called uh, Dialorama. and um, it's kind of um, in, like a movie about kind of like angst and uh, boredom and kind of mid eighties capitalism. Um, there's, there's a lot of like uh, thoughts about, you know, your, your death and what's happening, uh, especially when it gets accelerated and how you live together. Um, so I, I am sort of gonna run through this movie not very i'm not gonna get super detailed about it I, or we don't have to get super detailed about it but we'll we'll kind of give a basic overview as usual and then kind of jump into it so um adam driver uh plays a character named jack um he is a uh, professor of hitler studies and oh no. um uh and he um and his wife, uh, Greta Gerwig, um, her character's name is Babette, and they uh, sort of are living their lives in the middle eighties, kind of doing their thing. And uh, along comes this airborne toxic event, which is when um a truck hits a train, causes a um a you big plume of yeah. poisonous clouds of smoke in this uh, kind of uh, central Ohio town or kind of, I I kind of get the feeling it's sort of like Toledo here where we live, but kind of a Toledo area, sort of Ohio is in Ohio. And uh, suddenly um, Jack's character is in, you know, after kind of the toxic event kind of stops the world for a minute. Um, He gets infected by the disease and he is trying to grapple with the fact that his life is going to be shorter than his beloved Babette's life. Um, They kind of go on the run. Uh, We find out that Babette is taking these uh, pills called um, called Dilar that um, kind of help her not get the disease. And um, she's been kind of like sleeping with this uh, professor doctor guy to get these pills. Um, Adam Driver's character, uh, Jack, finds out. Things happen. Things get accelerated. They go on the run. Uh, it ends uh, in sort of, well, it ends in two ways. It ends with uh, them kind of like grappling with their own mortality in this uh, uh, hospital run by nuns. And then at the very end, the family gets together and they walk into an A&P <laughs> and this magnificent, I absolutely loved it, uh, dance sequence uh, fires off uh, which isn't a part of the story. LCD.
1: It's not a part of the story at all.
0: No, no, but it's yeah. kind of is though. I mean, it's uh, sort of it's sort of like that's their happy place at the end. Yeah. And, um, it, um, you know, there's music by LCD sound system, uh, called, um, the new body rumba and which uh, killer song. I love that band, but, uh, and it kind of ends with this giant dance sequence and, uh, yeah. And that's where it kind of, kind of winds up. So, um, there's a lot to digest there what did you think about this uh, crazy movie my friend
1: in prep for the show i kind of watched some videos that kind of explained this movie because it's obviously completely laced with like symbolism on this level and that level i don't necessarily like watching films where i have to have them explained to me Um, I find that frustrating. Like, I feel like a director's done something wrong if you can't go away and understand it in itself. Like, if the movie doesn't explain itself to you, it doesn't have to hold your hand. But sometimes these movies, um, there's movies like, if you ever saw Enemy with Jake Gyllenhaal, that movie, uh, um, you have to watch
0: So like 2001 A Space Odyssey, just throw it out because it's stupid. It doesn't make any sense. I'm not saying stupid.
1: stupid. I never use the word stupid. I'm just saying it doesn't – it's not fun to me. It's not a fun movie. Cooper needs to tell
0: you what's up. He doesn't need to – It's just my opinion. It's my opinion.
1: I like to walk away and understand what I watched. Um, I don't have to be handheld, but there should be something in there that says what's going on. and in 2001 is a very good example for many 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 years i did not like that movie now do i like it now because the the meaning of the movie me is a you know is so important to me no i just like the visuals i like some of the scenes in it um I it still doesn't explain itself, and it's left up to interpretation and and
0: well, it's yeah. not really left up to interpretation. I it mean, is. We're gonna digress, it but is it's sort of like it is it's sort of like the history of warfare and the history of humanity is. There's cavemen beating the shit out of each other with bones, and then you've got a robot that can pretty much blow up the world, or you know, I mean, it's sort of it. It's just kind of there. You just have to kind of cook it out a little. You have to kind of tease it out a little bit, but anyways,
1: circling back to this movie, there is a lot of things going on in this movie. It is a Spielberg movie on drugs, like on speed, like those I caught right away that this guy loves Spielberg and it there's these spielbergian can i use that term spielbergian scenes um like i think of that scene in jaws when um uh, right in the beginning, he comes in, uh, Roy Scheider comes in the house and he gets on the phone and because the phone's ringing and that's not the right phone. He picks up the other. But in the background, there's his wife and his kid cut his hand. And there's like this, you know, Roy's up front, you know, talking on the phone, the kids in the back. And there's kind of this chaos going on. But it's done really well because you, you, he Spielberg directs your attention right, and you
0: get a lot of that, like in in uh, Close Encounters too. Close like Encounters was like stuff, that, yeah.
1: Know. There's some of that in E.T. I mean, he's oh, really, it, yeah. yeah, he's really good at, 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 at. To me, has always been a Spielbergian type scene. This movie is like that nonstop. It just keeps going and going and going. I thought at some point it was going to give itself a breather and it just, the dialogue is head spinning. Um, So,
0: you know, the, 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 uh, general thought of this novel, the Don DeLillo novel, I remember when it came out, it was like a big, huge deal. And a lot of my friends read it, but, um, is that this move, this, novel is unfilmable as a movie like it's impossible to make is that how and the I novel think,
1: is is that how the novel is
0: yeah i mean it's it's i you know it, that that's the the overarching thought is that you can't make this into a movie because the dialogue is too bananas oh. the story is too like insular and you know that kind of thing so i
1: thought maybe the director took liberties on you know uh,
0: in many cases from what i know of it's almost direct dialogue from oh. the movie and or from the book, from the book. sorry, yeah, uh, wow. so well, yeah, it I mean, was... it's, it's pretty much like a very close adaptation of the book, which again, explains why people say it's unfilmable. so
1: well, I went into this not knowing anything about the book. I went into this not knowing any review on it. I just went into it completely cold. I will say that I enjoyed I enjoyed watching it like chapter one i enjoyed i loved i actually loved kind of that rampant fast pace of all the dialogue it felt you know this what's it, a family of like six right there's like four kids and, and then them um and it felt like just this family chaos and then on top of it you've got this disaster that happens and then the chaos associated with you know leaving and and all the panic and all the fear and everybody's the miscommunication or the the you know the um uh, miss the the bad reporting of what's going on and just all that chaos um very spielberg again in in the shots um there's a shot of uh them all kind of pulling into like a campground and there's this there's this crane shot of um, you know the crane reveals you know where they're at they're at this um they're at this campground and I just thought oh my God it's so Spielberg this is such a Spielberg looking yeah, that's,
0: that's a great I love know. that scene That's yeah. a great scene. and
1: I so I enjoyed those first chapters now when it got to the third chapter it's like it became a different movie it it slammed on the brakes it all of a sudden went dark and I felt myself not enjoying the movie at that point like I did not enjoy all that hotel scene, and it just, I don't know, it felt miserable. But then, like you said, at the very end, that ridiculous dance number is a classic in itself like that should get an an academy award just for that those credit scenes that i i found myself just in awe of what i was looking at it didn't look cg it didn't look maybe i'd hate to find out that it was comp together you know i would love to think that that whole thing was just one big nutty dance thing that was so great
0: yeah, to burst that, my that, bubble, that, that, are yeah?
1: you?
0: <laughs> what, what's that?
1: You're not going to burst my bubble and tell me it was all complicated. Oh, no,
0: no, no. It looked real to me. I, yeah. I thought it was great. Uh, so Noah Baumbach, who directed this, um, he did a fantastic a lot of movies, but a fantastic movie called The Squid and the Whale, like you said. But this movie definitely has that Spielbergy kind of stress, especially when the, the airborne toxic event happens. That's really like when it kind of kicks off. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's referred to as a comedy, um, which was kind of funny in places. Definitely a drama. But it said horror also. And I was like, I didn't really get the horror aspect of it, but maybe I'm too... Jaded, <laughs> I don't well, know. yeah.
0: I mean, it's not like you know Michael Myers in the yeah. closet stabbing you. But morning. it kind of did kinda feel more...
1: that way when he was like pumping the gas and and the dark cloud. When yeah, it yeah. did kind of feel almost like that part was a horror film. But then it, I don't know, kind of went away. So
0: my favorite, my favorite scene. I I love, I love his dad reaction when the airborne toxic event happens, and he's just like, "That's not going to happen because it won't." You know that kind of thing. We're fine. But I love the uh, the teaching sequence with him and Don Cheadle when he's talking about the uh, the Hitler studies kind of yeah. combined with the Elvis studies, yeah. <laughs> and I, I love the camera work in that scene. That was my favorite scene in the movie. I,
1: I um, thought a lot of the scenes were just stunning. I mean, the color in it. Again, I I go to Spielberg like there was a lot of uh, you know when the the toxic event happened felt very. You know, War of the Worlds-ish, you yeah. know, his version of that's War good, of the Worlds.
0: That's a good comp, yep.
1: Yeah, and it just it just like it it felt like you were watching something really big here, but I didn't totally enjoy the whole thing. So I I, I go away thinking I don't know if I would necessarily recommend this to somebody because I don't know. How I really feel about it, <laughs> like yeah. it, it just—it's too chaotic to me.
0: I'm I'm kind of like with you. Like I I enjoyed watching it. Thank you know, thankfully, on my laptop, I was like, "This is cool," but like I'm, I wouldn't be able. To, you know, I, my mom goes to see tons of crazy movies, so she may dig it. She, um, she might watch it, but for the most part, like I found it. it the dialogue was a little too. Of the novel for me, like it was too cutesy pie novel. Like you, if you read it, you might find it different than watching it unfold on film. You know,
1: at a rapid pace, like yeah. it, it was like being as if somebody was like shooting you with bullets. I mean, the the right. the, 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 the dialogue is just coming at you so fast, like oh my yeah. god,
0: please stop, just and, take a breather. Uh, I, I thought it was cool, and I you know I love Adam Driver. I think he's like. Yeah. Lights out. I think he's definitely one of the, uh, you know, and I love the fact that he takes chances, you know. Sure. Yeah. uh, Whether it's House of Gucci or doing the crazy Star Wars movie or whatever, it's like I love uh, uh, um, everything he does. I think is super cool. But and I thought he was great in this. Um, I think everybody in this movie, like Greta Gerwig, did great. I mean, I think everyone did well in it as far as acting goes. Um, I just think it was kind of so up its own butt a little bit, and a little bit um, like, not that if you don't read the novel you won't understand what's going on, but it felt very much like winky winky. Like the dialogue was so like this is that part of the novel where this happens, and you're yeah. supposed to be like, oh my god, is, you know this what I mean? How like, this
1: plays out? Yeah, this yeah. is our interpretation of that. Yeah, but I dug it though. Yeah. I mean, it was
0: fine like i didn't you know i I feel like a lot of times i end up saying that it was fine (laughs) but it was it was good yeah well like
1: i said i I thought the first two chapters chapter one and two you know literally because there's chapters in this um i i enjoyed i mean i didn't know what i was watching i mean I'll, i'll be honest i'm like i can't tell where this movie is going because it's trying to be erratic it's trying to like Create all this chaos, and people are afraid of their death, you know, this, you know, this, this, their uh, mortality, and there's a lot of heaviness associated with that. And I'm like, okay, this is all going to pan out. And then when it does pan out in the third act, the third chapter, it becomes so dark that I just didn't care anymore. And then they go into that. Church uh with the nuns and the hospital,
0: yeah, the hospital yeah, the nuns. So, and then she basically is like, there is no God, you know.
1: Yeah, it's so weird and so yeah, I I wouldn't recommend it. So I like you, I did enjoy watching it, but I don't, I don't think I would ever tell anybody to go see it.
0: But, but I probably won't. I probably don't have the need to revisit it. You know, no, I mean, like no. it was fine. I, I yeah. mean, I get it. It reminded yeah. me of. Uh, you know, I mean, like I when that book came out, I remember a ton of my friends were like, oh, ugh, angst and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, mortality and commercialism and all this stuff. And it's kind of like, OK, I just never got bogged down by that. So it doesn't like, you know, there's those scenes in there where he's got like it's like she's holding at the bird's eye frozen peas and stuff. and yeah. You know, it's very of its time when it was written kind of. Yeah, because yeah, this was
1: written in the 80s, right? It came out in 85, yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. And,
0: you know, I mean, it's got like this this whole sort of like uh, counterculture, you know, like, ooh, like he's a professor of Hitler studies. Whoa, you blew my mind. But, you know, at the time that was, you know, I remember people flipping out about that. So, um, you was know. Was that like a real thing? That was a thing? Was
1: that like a real thing back then?
0: No, but, like, oh. that's
1: the idea, is that it's, like... Just like, trying to be so radical. How,
0: how absurd, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, what a crazy agree. thing.
1: Yeah. All right, well, so that's our review. I don't know if I would watch it ever again, <laughs> ever, and I won't, wouldn't really recommend it to anybody, so that's...
0: Things turn quickly from, it's fine to, <laughs> nag get out of here.
1: So enough God, of that. Yeah. Enough of that movie. What's going on with your corner?
0: Todd, come with me to my corner uh we're gonna today we're gonna talk uh more about music um there's kind of a break in tv right now until uh, a few things come out that i want to talk about oh Uh, yes you're the big
1: tv show guy so you you have nothing to do these days there are some
0: things out there that are cool (laughs) but like right now the thing that is obsessing me the most is uh there's a band from Oakland, California called the Grease Traps. The Grease and Man. I traps? Can't stop. Okay. The Grease Traps. I, I can't stop.
1: Where did you hear uh, about these?
0: A friend of mine who lived who a friend of mine who owns a record store in Holland, uh in Den Haag, in Holland, hosted it as one of his favorite records of the year by an American band, which they, you know, tons of American music is popular there. I had never heard of them, don't know anything about them. Went to their Facebook page, they have like a hundred followers. Like nobody, you know, I mean it's very they're very underground, but it is like the super funkiest, most retro uh sounds like uh, you know, Curtis Mayfield's superfly meets like funkadelic thing ever. There it's super stripped down. There's like drums, guitar, bass, and an organ. Uh <clears throat> the singer's great. <clears throat> excuse me. The singer's great. And uh, I just uh, the album's called Common Ground, uh, Solid Ground. Common and, Ground. Uh, I,
1: it, Common made, Ground is your. That made me think of something else. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's your jam. No, no. Yeah. Uh, Solid Ground, <laughs> and, and it's just a great record. It's on Apple Music. I I literally listen have to listen to it every day since I heard that wow. it existed. Um, if you're into cool funky grooves and like very, it it, it has. When I heard it, it had the vibe of, and it doesn't sound like this at all, but the feeling I got from it was the first time I heard that very first Lenny Kravitz record, Let Love Rule, and oh, how yeah. it has that retro, yeah. sounds like it's recorded in your basement or not really your basement, but like it has that very stripped down um, tip of the hat to the old school recording styles vibe. Yeah, um, It's got that. And um, okay, yeah, um I love the organ sounds in it. I love the guitar. It's just, it's a, and the guy, the singer is phenomenal. So hmm. from my corner, I will tell you run out now and download or buy the vinyl of Solid Ground by The Grease Traps.
1: That's interesting that you said the Lenny Kravitz song, because I remember that was my first introduction to Lenny Kravitz Lenny Kravitz gets a bad rap for some reason I don't know why like people don't seem to like really be into him I I know
0: I think he's made some not the best records but I think some of his records are like lights out great and especially Let Love Rule the first record
1: such a great song I thought that I, for some reason, when I first heard that song, I thought, oh, this is like some new Elvis Costello song. I don't know why. Like, that was the first that. thing that popped in my head. And then I dug that song so much. Like, I just thought it was so simple, but so, like, soulful. And just, I loved it. Well, so, the
0: Grease Traps have got that. You should check them out. Although you're not really a funk music guy, you should check it out. It's good.
1: Now and then I am. So, so yeah, that's uh, definitely got, got my interest there. How was the- also speaking of Lenny Kravitz Yeah uh,
0: Not to tip uh, Not to point arrows to another podcast But uh, The the podcast Broken Record okay. uh, Which is the um, Rick Rubin podcast uh, Last year he interviewed Lenny Kravitz They're good friends of course And uh, it's a great interview He kind of gets into his whole Whole deal of How he started and where he's going And what happened to him and it's pretty cool so
1: all right i'll check that out and i'll definitely check out the uh, band
0: todd what's happening over in your neighborhood
1: my my background in music is way different than yours I, my background in music is more wimpier and not cool um yours is cool uh i'm eric i've traveled the world and i listen to cool music i even as we learned from this podcast i even like today's modern music okay um so I found a band. They're a young group. Uh, it's, uh, I don't even know where they're from. Not around here. Uh, they're uh, they're called Silver Twin. I don't know much about this band. I ran across uh, a song called "Only You." Uh, another a really good sounding song is a song called "Ploy." It it has such a 1977 Jeff Lynne vibe to it. If you're a fan of the the great jeff lynn electric light orchestra um you would dig these songs you would um they it's verbatim the sound the feel but it's not a rip off it's not a they're not trying to they have their own they have their own you know ingredients added but i love the melodies the chords the chords are hauntingly beautiful in some some of the songs and as a songwriter i sit there and listen like what is that chord it's so so cool to me so band silver twin check them out enjoy the videos that they have and yeah, that's my little corner on music today.
0: Uh, that sounds great. I'm very interested in checking them out. Uh, they they sound like something that I definitely want to spend some time with. Um, are you,
1: you're not an ELO fan though, right? Like I know you don't cool. like. I mean, you don't dismiss I'm not any like a music
0: like you and yeah. some of my other friends who are like, you know, the narrative is that the Beatles are the best band, but really it's ELO. I'm like, okay, I don't know if I'd ever say out that, just a little I, bit.
1: I love Jeff Lynn. I've, I've always loved his sound and his his arrangements, his his chords.
0: Yeah, yeah, awesome. he's cool man. Yeah. And he obviously has the ear of many people being a producer of everything. You know, all those cats have him produce stuff, and yeah, whenever you know, like yeah. that, even the last is on. So the
1: last two Beatles songs were produced by him. So that's uh, yeah, that's got to be an, really cool for him. Growing up listening to the Beatles, and then he got to produce. You know such the last two beatles songs that were kind of laying around and then uh yeah uh good friends with george harrison and yeah, you know, became then created that super group the um uh traveling Willberries with uh, tom petty and roy overson and bob dylan i mean what a what a career that's really that's got to be a lot of fun you know it's uh, most bands you know are it happen when you're young and you only hope to get, you know, maybe three, four years out of, out of that band. And the guy is still doing it, still doing music and still having fun. So he's selling out arenas now as ELO. So and he's
0: got people making records that sound like his music with, yeah. like the you know, with the uh, with Silver Twin. So, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. For them to like, uh, here's a nod to one of our favorite, you know, bands. So, yeah, fun stuff. So that's uh, my corner.
0: Cool. Well, before we go, I think we would be remiss in not mentioning because we are kind of an all things podcast that uh, the great Jeff Beck passed away yesterday. Yeah. Um, uh, a guy who really kind of embodied what the guitar could do as a guitar player. Um, I think his attitude was sort of proto-punk. You know, like he really kind of didn't give a crap what people thought or did and... um I I love uh Blow by Blow and Truth and um uh Wired. All those records are great. Uh and I love his work with the Yardbirds and uh do you have any thoughts about Jeff Beck?
1: Yeah, you know, I'm not like a huge Jeff Beck uh head. Um I've, you know, appreciated his guitar work and with the greats that he's worked with. I mean, I guess I was first kind of like turned on to his existence, his guitar playing when he was with uh, Rod Stewart. And um, yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, another guitarist, right? Like another great guitarist gone. Um, I was going to also say, um, as far as celebrity deaths, yesterday, Maria Maria, what's her? Maria? Lisa. Let me do again. by this. Yesterday. Yeah. Just, well, that was it. Um, well, oh, Died. Yeah. Yesterday, Lisa Marie Presley died. And That's not cool. that, like, you know, I was a big fan of hers or anything, but it just, you know, makes you think of Elvis. Um, it makes you even think of Michael Jackson. I mean, the so the connection. So here's the uh, thing
0: about her dying. She was 54 years. old. I know,
1: old. dude. She I was know a
0: lot. She, that she that seems way well, I mean, Clearly, too, way too young, but too close she, to
1: our ages. <laughs> well, geez.
0: she outlived her dad by like a decade and a half almost. Yeah. So you know, yeah. But uh, but yeah, yeah, that was a that was kind of a shocker too.
1: Yeah, and what what exactly happened? I didn't even hear.
0: She had like a cardiac thing. Oh. I don't know what, but, I mean, I don't think she was exactly uh, living the healthy lifestyle, probably, or anything. I mean, that's, you know.
1: Yeah, well, it was just a shock at the age. you know. I mean, Jeff Beck was 78, so at least he was had a little bit of a, a longer life there, and he probably led a, a wilder life, I would imagine, than Lisa Marie did. But...
0: Oh, I don't think so. <laughs> really? I, I, I I would beg to differ on that. I, oh. I'm guessing that Lisa Marie probably anything that crossed her path probably made it into her body is my guess.
1: See, see, you're a bigger fan of her than I am. So I'm not
0: a fan. I I don't (laughs) know what you would be a fan of other than she exists on this planet.
1: Existence. Yeah. Um, Yeah. yeah, It was more of the age. I think that was shocking. You know, I didn't think that she was close to our age. First of all, I thought for some reason she was younger.
0: Well, but, she was just um, back in the kind of the spotlight too. Cause she had, I think she had given that award to the, the, uh, what's his name who starred in the Elvis movie.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. And so she had been there at the golden globes, giving him an award and then yeah. like 48 hours later, it's like, she checks out. It's kind of wild. Wow. Well, yeah. so Jeff Beck and, uh, Lisa Marie Presley, uh, rest in peace, rest in power, rest in beats, whatever you want to say. And, uh, well, uh, we, wow, we really brought
1: the show down on a bummer, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. So, well, you
0: know, it's, it's, it's the circle of life.
1: It is, it is, it is. So it's uh, all going to happen so, to all of us at some point. <laughs> so. Uh,
0: so I guess that's going to be it for uh, the here uh, work day at the media tavern. Uh, anything else you want to mention before we bust that out of here?
1: Uh, we do have another interesting uh, movie that we're going to be tackling here soon. Do we mention it or not mention it?
0: Let's skip mentioning it because uh, we'll see how we decide to do because something <laughs> might pop up. You never know. <laughs> All right. But also right. I want to mention real quick, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, um, at uh, The Media Tavern. Uh, so add us, come find us. I'll, we'll post some cool uh, you know, polls and questions and stuff like that. So join us out there. In the and don't forget stuff.
1: our YouTube page. We're also, so what's your, if you're listening to us, the same thing is also being recorded uh, video wise and being edited with little graphics here and there. It's uh, visually entertaining on some level. And so if you enjoy the audio version, the video version may be just as fun.
0: Yes, sir. So find us out there anywhere. Uh, For Todd Stanton, my name is Eric Oblander, and the uh, Media Tavern is closed. Goodbye. See you later.